0: I'm here to um, talk to you about digital um, and play, and whether in any way the way in which children play out um, has changed because of of digital. Um, So I run a company called Family, Kids, and Youth. We're based um, in uh, Marylebone, near Baker Street. And um, I also work at Cambridge at the Faculty of Education um, where I teach a little bit, very little bit. Um, And my background is in psychosocial development, but I'm also a trained therapist, child therapist, and we use play a lot in, um, in child therapy, of course. So I've always been interested in play. And some of what I'm going to be telling you is based on the IKEA play report And in 2009, we did um, a report for IKEA um, called The Play Report, and uh, had a huge sort of um, amount of publicity about it. It went all around the world, it was in 25 countries that we did the research in. And IKEA decided to repeat the exercise um, uh, this year, early this year. So some of what I'm going to be telling you about is is that. I'm also going to be telling you about some research that we did um, for a charity called Technology for Schools. But first of all, I want to think about play and why is play so important and I'm sure there's no one in this room who doesn't think that play is important or indeed doesn't know quite a lot about it because obviously you're all in the kids market Um, but it really is an essential part of growing up and um, there's um, a very kind of well-known some of you might know him actually um, psychiatrist in America called Stuart Brown and he um, has worked a lot with uh, psychopaths and he's particularly worked with psychopaths who have um, uh, done mass, mass murders. Uh, so pretty, pretty horrific um, life he had for a few years when he was working with these people. And he discovered that every case that he worked with of people who'd done these horrific, horrific acts, when he looked at their lives and he looked at their childhood, they'd had extremely disturbed childhoods anyway, but none of them had been given the opportunity to play And he's done a lot of work around the importance of play. He's studied animals, um, and he's looked at people, and he's out there in California. He's um, written a book. It's really well well worth uh, reading, actually. So lots of people have written about play, of course, and have been very interested in it. Um, And I particularly like um, Piaget. He said an awful lot about play, but I particularly like this. We can be sure that all happenings, pleasant or unpleasant, in the child's life will will have repercussions on its dolls. And what he meant by that, of course, was not just your dolls, but actually anything as a child that you play with um, is actually going to be acted out um, through that doll. And you've probably seen children do that So what's actually the point of play? Well, play, of course, is very much, as we've said, very much important um, to uh, development and to the way in which children actually learn to communicate with others. But it's also important uh, for them to find out about themselves, to find out about um, the way in which they uh, are growing. Um, And if you think of a newborn baby and then the way in which it grows during that first year, so first of all, it reaches out, it it looks, it stretches, it touches. Um, then begins to um, sit up, it begins to stand, it begins to crawl, it begins to walk. And all those um, stages are incredibly important and through play and being given the opportunity to explore and to look and to touch and to feel and to put things in their mouths indeed, Um, babies and children um, grow up. So it's an absolutely essential part. Now, um, there's a film that I want to show you that's made by Ikea. And I think it's a very interesting film because it shows in a very tiny... I think it's only a minute long. It shows very... Um, easily how a child reacts and interacts with a toy and in this case it's a soft toy it doesn't have to be a soft toy, it could be anything and some children of course adopt all sorts of weird and wonderful things and that toy can become anything, it can become a dog it can become a doll, it can become a baby it can become something to punch and kick if you're feeling a bit angry it can become something that you uh, play with, that you look after and I think this little film actually um, creates that very well that um, children of course are um, very much using their toys um, like that but in a way um, the world has changed and as i said i'm going to talk to you about two pieces of research one from uh, the charity technology schools and the other the play report from ikea Um, And I'm going to talk to you, um, first of all, about some of the research that's come out from Technology for Schools, which is actually based in the UK. There's a website, and there's loads and loads of research on there, actually, that can be downloaded for free. Um, And then the play report also for IKEA. So Technology for Schools is um, a charity. It was set up um, by a group of companies that were interested in actually... Um, encouraging schools uh, to use technology in an effective way Um, particularly to use it in teaching so um, they're looking at one-to-one technology so things like tablets particularly um, and uh, small laptops and they've been going for I think it's since 2011 Um, and they're sponsored by quite interesting companies like Google um, Microsoft educational app store, actually, is who are here speaking, I think, um, uh, and Samsung, and probably some others I can't quite remember. Um, and they are very much encouraging um, the use of technology, of course, but they also want to do it so that children, all children in the UK, have the same opportunity to, A, access the internet, because even, amazingly, uh, some children, particularly in rural a- areas, don't have very access uh, good access to um the internet and those on coastal regions as well but also to make sure that they have the same opportuni- opportunities for learning so earlier this year we um, interviewed over um, 7,000 children aged 7 to 18. we've got a network of school not- schools now when we started we had three schools and now we have um, i think it's over 60 70 schools all of which are using one-to-one technology uh, in the class so each each child has their own device And I want to just tell you just a little bit, there's loads of research as I say on the website, but I want to tell you a little bit about gaming because as we know of course kids are using gaming online. And I'm just going to sort of touch on this. These are the favorite games um, that seven to 11s are mostly playing, and the 11 to 18s are mostly playing. And you can see there's quite a sort of, uh, uh, um, the normal sort of names really, but quite quite a, a mix there. Um, and we've got a lot of detail about what boys and what girls and what different ages and things are, are playing. But the point I really want to make is about underage gaming. Um, and this won't come in t- as any surprise to you, but I just want to make the point that of course, children and and in some some cases quite young children are playing games that are rated um, as uh, too old for them. Um, They're fairly sort of laid back about it, they don't think it does them any harm, but I wonder whether we should be a little bit worried about this. And what's interesting is that when we ask their parents, their parents aren't aware necessarily that they're playing these games. So there's a kind of a, a question there really about how games are being used. Let's park that for a moment and let's talk um, about time pressure and play, because I think this is another important element. Um, And I'm going to switch now to the IKEA play report. So the IKEA Play report was carried out in 12 countries earlier this year. Um, We interviewed 16,000 parents, um, over 6,000 children, and over 6,000, nearly 7,000 young people aged 13 to 18. And as you can see, we carried it out in some quite interesting countries, including China, South Korea, India, Russia, as well as the UK. so very, very big, robust um, numbers there, and a lot of research has come out of it. There's masses and masses in it. IKEA just launched it last week in um, Milan. I was there. They have a pop-up store in Milan, and um, they launched the, the play report there, and there were a lot of um, journalists. Um, they'll be releasing bits of it in time um, through of, over the next year, I think. But one of the things that we found particularly was this tension between uh, adults and parents and play and children and time. So um, more parents are finding it difficult to find time to play with their children, they say. And over half or nearly half of parents um, feel that I don't have enough time to play with my children. That's an increase from 2009. And more parents are also feeling guilty that they don't uh, spend enough time with their children. And I think anyone who's parent here will be kind of nodding and thinking, yes, I feel a bit like that also. Um, and half feeling, I often feel guilty that, that I'm not spending enough time with my children. Now, it's worth pointing out that um, 30, 50 years ago, of course... Um, children spent much less time with their parents they had much more freedom in a way and a lot of their time would be spent not exactly away from their parents but certainly not interacting the whole time with their parents so it's almost a bit of a myth now I think that we you know have to spend time with our children all the time but certainly it's something that I think many parents do feel guilty about these are uh, cross-country figures by the way But you'll see that the time-poor and time-rich countries, which we kind of divided uh, the parents into, um, are quite distinctive. So particularly time-poor countries were India, China, and Russia. France is in there, which we were really interested in. So we talked to our French colleagues, and they said, no, no, absolutely, everyone's feeling really, really worried, and they don't have time, apparently. Um, time-rich countries, Netherlands. We all decided, actually, after after seeing this research, we all want to move to the Netherlands because it's such a lovely, laid-back place for children. And the children were the kind of the happiest, and it, it, it was it, it was pretty amazing. So whatever they're doing there, um, they're getting it right. Um, Sweden and Germany. Um, South Korea is interesting because, in many ways, we think of South Korea maybe as being similar to China. It's next to it. Um, but actually, there's a big move on in South Korea to sort of have this slightly more laid-back um, lifestyle. I'm not sure how well it's working, but there's certainly a move on. So that's quite interesting um, responses there. Also, which is a kind of another area, children are also feeling that um, they do too many activities outside school. And again, you know, we've we've, we've all heard, haven't we, um, and read about it over the last few years. You know, these kind of pushy parents getting their kids to do all sorts of things. Um, And children actually agree with that. So um, a quarter of children say, and this is again across across all countries, my parents organised too many things for me to do outside school. That was particularly high, as you might imagine, in those emerging countries where there's this huge sort of ambition for the children. Um, But parents also are beginning to recognise this. I feel my children do too many activities um, and don't have enough free time. And again, that was a quarter of parents feeling that. So there is beginning to be a bit of a shift to think actually you know what is this thing about time what are we what does it mean and do we have time to play do we have time to just be with our children so i'm going to move on back to play again and um i want to sort of just tell you some about these luckily luckily very few children but there were six percent of the children um age seven to twelve feel that they're too old for play um, nearly half like to be creative with their play and make up their own activities and nearly half again, 47%, recognize that play and creativity helps them with generating ideas. Now someone yesterday questioned that and they said, that doesn't seem high enough, wouldn't children normally, wouldn't more children say that um, help play helps them to be creative? But actually, I think this is quite an intellectual question. And I'm not sure that children sort of think about being creative or generating ideas. I'm not that that was the wording that was used in the question, by the way. Um, but they, you know, they just do it. And, and they are being very creative. And any of us who have observed children, of course, will, will know that, just how amazingly creative they can be. So children become immersed in play. And it prevents them from thinking about their worries. It stops them from being bored. They're in the moment. It's a bit like mindfulness, I suppose, that we're all sort of talking about at the moment. But kids have known that forever. You knew it, probably, most of you as kids. You just were. You didn't have to do anything. And that's very much what I think um, being a child and playing is about. And I think for many of us, we lose that. And we forget how to be, just be, how how to just get immersed in play. And I think on that note, that's quite interesting, because children know that. Children know that adults are absolutely rubbish at just spending time and being it, it, kind of interacting with them. They kind of know that actually they're half, you know, looking at their watch or looking at their Apple Watch or on their phone or on their iPad. Um, and you kind of see it all the time, and I guess we all do it as well. Um, we, we really don't have time to sort of actually just be with our children or ever. So more children aged 7 to 12, I'm afraid, would like their parents to spend more time playing with them compared to 2009. Um, Nearly half of the children there, um, 7 to 12, would like their parents to spend more time playing with them. Not more time with them, but more time playing with them. And you can see that's quite a massive leap since 2009. And half of the children aged 7 to 12 say, my parents always seem to be in a rush. And I guess, you know, certainly all me and all my friends and everyone I know who's got children, um, our kids would probably say the same thing, I think, that we're always just too much in a rush. But parents, and this is really interesting, parents are beginning to recognise that. A third, nearly, would agree that when I play with my children, I'm often too stressed to enjoy it. You know, actually, even when I am playing with it, it's actually a bit, I don't really want to do this, I've got too many other things, I can't concentrate. So, quite a big dilemma there. And I think we've learnt how important play is for children, how important it is psychologically, physically, you know, that's the way in which they learn to grow up. Um, but we've also learned about this time pressure that parents are learning. So has digital killed play? And I'm not going to spend long on this because you've had lots and lots of, I know, stats and and Ofcom in particular. This is across the uh, the countries, of course. This isn't just the UK figures. But generally, these fit in, actually, with some of the Ofcom figures. So that mostly um, uh, children are using TVs, but also tablets and uh, smartphones, of course. Um, For uh, teenagers, the smartphone is the most important thing. And about one in three across all those countries um, own a smartphone or a tablet. But I think this is quite interesting. Um, Smartphones are most commonly owned in Sweden, South Korea, and Russia, and tablets in in the UK and Russia, USA, Sweden, and Netherlands. Now, what does this mean? If kids have got their own devices, and we know that's no no new news, and that's probably going to grow and grow and grow, more and more children having devices, we're even giving them to them in schools and that's what technology for schools is all about. What does that mean? Does that mean that they're not communicating with each other? Well there's this lovely quote from a girl um, aged 11 who took part in our um, research and she's from Sweden and I love this quote actually because I think it really sums up. Myself and Emily, my cousin, play on FaceTime. She lives in Stockholm and I live in Skode. but it feels like we're in the same location and I think that sense that children can have that they can still communicate with their friends who might have moved away, or you know cousins that they really are fond of, that they can still make that communication. And communication is a key part of playing. And they're actually playing as as they as their, as they're um, skyping as well. So the digital place for digital um, devices is recognised by parents and children, and um, around half of parents say that play can include using tablets, smartphones, or computers, and also children agree with that as well—that they can play using um, digital devices. So. It's absolutely the case that's come through on this research, like a huge proportion of families actually say that they're spending family time together using devices. It's not just an individual thing, it's a a family activity, Um, and those are some of the um, devices that they're playing on. 22% are actually playing on tablets and 18% on smartphones as well, so it's not just the big screen. However, and I think this is a really interesting trend, and this is something that we're picking up in all sorts of research that we're doing. At the moment, it's just two in five, but that's still quite high. Two in five parents and young people would like to talk face-to-face more as a family sometimes I only talk to my family at home through using text messaging or social media. Now, before we did this research, we did lots of qualitative research, and so one of the things we kept hearing was parents saying, look, I used to shout up the stairs, you know, and say, you know, dinner's ready, and now I text. And that everyone in the ha- same household is texting. You never actually talk. And I think in offices we do the same thing, don't we? We all kind of communicate, you know, to the person next, sitting next to us instead of getting up and talking to them. But that's quite high if you look at that. So, you know, parents and young people particularly, but even 7- to 12-year-olds, Recognizing that. And 72% of parents and 43% of children and young people agree that I think there should be times at home when we don't use our mobile devices. And what I think is happening is that there is suddenly this kind of concern, yes, but also this urge now for parents to say, actually, enough, you know, let's, and children, let's just put our devices away and interact as a family, you know, go out together, do things like that. So I think there probably is a mea, an overuse of media devices. I think everyone would agree with that. Um, a third of parents say I find it's difficult to know how much time my sh- child should be um, uh, allowed to play on the internet. And I think there is a sense that parents don't feel empowered enough to set those boundaries. They actually feel that because when those children go to school, you know everyone else is actually using a device. So therefore you know I can't stop my child using it. A fifth of seven to twelve year olds and a, a third of 13 to 18 year olds think I should spe- I am spending too much time on the internet and really worryingly, one in five young children and over a third of 13 to 18 year olds actually think that they're sometimes addicted to the internet. So it really is quite a worry. But I do think things are changing. I think there's this absolute recognition now that you know they get great things. Um, from the internet they play but with very very creative apps there's some amazing amazing apps for young children preschool children and you know teenagers in in school as well there's some fantastic apps we've seen used in schools for education so there's some great stuff doing but maybe you don't need to be online all the time so we think that children are playing of course they haven't stopped playing they're still playing but they're playing in this completely different context and it maybe just needs to be kept an eye on I think the important thing is that children are still communicating. That's the main thing. They need to communicate with their parents, their teachers, their friends. They need to keep up that dialogue. And actually, that probably is still happening. But I think we just need to keep a very close eye on it and think, Is digital has digital actually killed play? Or is it going to promote play? And at the moment, it's kind of slightly killing it, but I think we need to knock it over to actually promoting it. That's it. Thank you very much. There's um, a blog on our website actually which kind of says this in a little bit more detail. So thank you very much. (laughs) Has anyone got a question about that? Hi, it's Alan from Discovery. Um, The question I've got is one around the balance between on and offline play and I just wondered if you saw any particular countries or if you saw any kind of trends towards that kind of seamlessness between the two where the boundaries are are kind of sort of merged a lot more. I'm thinking about kids that might go online to look how to, you know, use loom bands and then make them and then share them with their friends and that's very physical but they've learnt it online. So it's kind of like a merging or blurring of the boundaries which is... Something we'll touch on next, but just wanted. Yes, and of opinion. course there is that huge merging um, and blurring as well, and, 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 and that's exactly what they are doing. But interestingly, it's those time-rich countries where children are spending less time online. They're not. They're still spending time online, but it's not that kind of um, manic. And so, one of the questions was, oh, "Do you think you're sometimes addicted to the to the internet?" And those l- figures were much lower in countries like the Netherlands, wherever we would want to move to, and Sweden, and you know, Scandinavia generally. Um, it, 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 there is a difference. There definitely is a difference. They were quite high in, um, in particularly in China. Actually, um, UK wasn't too brilliant. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you.